If you search John Kosel Sharon's name online, you'll unearth a lot of results that don't make much sense. Okay, so here's the thing that got me confused. First, Google. This says your name, mm-hmm. and it's what? Not, me. not you. There's a photo on a Twitter account in his name. Yeah, not me. And a second Twitter account with a different photo. And then here's a website, johnculselsharon.com. Yeah, also not me. And each of these results is filled with conflicting information. One bio says he grew up poor on a farm in Kansas. Another that he's a, quote, dependable, trustworthy, and driven Jew. And to make things even more confusing, no two profile pictures are the same. Here's a square-jawed white guy in a suit. There's a balding man with glasses and graying temples. None of them bear any physical resemblance to the actual John, who's half Thai and has a full head of black hair. I'm just curious, like, who are these people? So I'd like to know myself. But these aren't real people who just happen to share John's name. When I started Livion, I got beat up hard about the SEC, this and that, whatever. So I hired this big reputation risk management company in Beverly Hills. And I said, listen, like, is there anything you can do about this? Can you push this down? Meaning push down those search results. They said, we do this for celebrities, we do blah, 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 whatever. We need $10,000 and we will go through and we'll reprogram, whatever. The kind of company that John's talking about plant fake websites with fake photos and fake bios to bury unflattering online information. Yeah, none of that's me. Yeah, I was, when I read it, I'm like, wait a minute. He says he had to do all this because his business rivals were making a big deal out of his past legal problems. And there's one competitor John brings up more than any other. Chris Centeno has posted my arrest record on uh, just about every website he can. Chris Centeno is the medical director of a company called Regenix, and he did post John's arrest record on his blog, but only once. He was. He's so intent on you. Because we came into the game, we came into the industry, and we took 40% of his business. Centeno is a high-profile guy in the stem cell Wild West, and he sees himself as one of its self-appointed sheriffs. First of all, he hammers everybody. When we first came into the industry, we had a white paper written. Now, this is what's so funny. We wrote that we released the white paper on a Thursday. Sunday afternoon, he had a 22-minute video out, completely trashing everything about it. Hi, it's Dr. Centeno. And today we're going to really dive into a review of the Livion Regenerative Medicine product. It's basically a deep dive into a report uh, that they have been sending out to various physicians purporting to show that their product has many live mesenchymal stem cells. I was shocked. I was flabbergasted. I'm like, how is this possible? Like, I'm here building this company. I want to help these people. We tried to make this beautiful product. We went and had it tested. It's an amazing product. And this guy out of the blue just hammered us. Like, lies, all lies, 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 lies. Again, when they say contain stem cells, there is an, an implication that those stem cells are living. Meaning, if I tell you I'm going to say a goldfish, there's an implication that the goldfish is alive. If, if I sell you the goldfish 
and it's floating at the top of the tank, you're going to be upset because there was an implication that I was selling you a live goldfish. John says Centeno has had his own share of problems with the government. Tons of his own baggage. In 2008, the FDA warned his company that they were violating the rules for manipulation of tissues. After a legal fight, Centeno moved that procedure overseas. Centeno ended up being one of the medical experts in the lawsuit the Texas patients brought against Livion. John and Centeno represent just two of hundreds of stem cell businesses that have sprung up in recent years. There are so many new companies and clinics that the government regulators can barely keep up. Instead, it's the patients who turn to stem cell treatments as hope for a better future or as a last resort, who are left to figure out what's going on and who they can trust. Here's the thing about home security companies. Most of them trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer. Simply Safe. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and door, tailored specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night, ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. That's what I did. You just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required. And there's no contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no fine print. All this starts at just $15 a month. Try Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com/batch. You get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com/batch. From Wondery, I'm Laura Beal, and this is Bad Batch. This is episode six, Beyond Livion. I first started thinking about stem cells in the early 2000s, long before Livion ever existed. This was back when they were in the news for the controversies surrounding the use of cells that came from embryos. I remember Michael J. Fox, the most famous Parkinson's patient of his generation, talking about the hope that stem cells represented for him. It's no secret I'm a vocal advocate for medical research. I'm confident that stem cell research can improve the lives of millions of people living with diseases and disorders, including cancer, diabetes, and even Parkinson's disease. And I had more than just a professional interest. My dad had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. We all know that one day we'll lose our parents. But my dad's decline from Parkinson's was too painful, happening slowly, piece by piece. I felt that raw desperation as doctors ran out of options. So just like Elaine Dilley with her mother, I wondered if stem cells might be the thing that could one day save my dad. All I knew then was that I wanted him to be well again. 
I understand where the patients who got the bad stem cells were coming from. And when you think about what you paid and what you went through, what goes through your mind now? I hope nobody else ever has to go through it. This is Galen Denning, one of the other patients in Texas. I hope this gets around where, you know, people will think twice before they do it. Do you feel like you were scammed? Oh, yeah, I do. Definitely. Do you think other people are being scammed right now? Oh, I'm sure they are, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in it for the money, not, nothing else. Almost all of the Texas patients believed that the treatment they were receiving had been approved by the government. But Livion's products are not FDA-approved. In fact, except for the one treatment for certain blood diseases, none of the stem cell products in clinics are FDA-approved. And that makes Elaine Dilly angry. They should not be able to open up on any street corner and do these procedures. Eventually, people are going to start dying from this. So they've got to put some kind of cap on it, control over it, or something for these people. Not just walk in. And so they just need to stop it. Start finding these people. Do something. Shut these people down. It's not just the Texas patients who've been hurt by unapproved stem cell treatments. And Livion isn't the only company. In 2015, three women in their 70s and 80s had stem cells taken from fat tissue and injected into their eyes. The treatment cost them $5,000. All three lost their sight. And in one recent survey, neurologists across the country were asked to follow up with all their patients who tried stem cells and see what happened. They found that a quarter of them had suffered serious complications like seizures and strokes. Three people had died. And there's no way to know how many people have spent thousands and thousands of dollars for treatment that the science says probably won't help them. The person who oversees regulation of stem cell treatments at the FDA is Dr. Peter Marks. I wanted to interview him, but the agency wouldn't allow me. Then, while I was working on this story, I found out that he was speaking on a panel in Baltimore. And at the end, there would be a question and answer session. Hi, I'm Laura Beale, a writer from Dallas. It was a conference for health journalists. Dr. Mark sat at a table on a riser in the front of the room with a panel of stem cell experts and journalists. I was only allowed to ask one question. One thing I don't understand is how a company can take cells from another person, from a cord blood or placenta, manufacture some kind of product, and inject that into another person for a medical purpose and have that not count as an unapproved drug. Can you tell me, Dr. Marks, why those are being allowed and proliferating? It's not that they're being allowed. It's that what we're playing now is a game of whack-a-mole. You characterize it perfectly. I can't, I can't disagree with you. And we continue to try to take action. There was more I wanted to ask. So I passed around the rest of my questions to some of my journalist friends who are also in the audience. So, you know, how do you regulate something that is snake oil in one situation, but maybe not in another? If people are using a product that is essentially 
approved or indicated for one thing and using it essentially in a way that's very different, we will eventually come around to taking notice of those because that again is potentially uh, uh, using them in a manner that could be dangerous or harmful. So it's a challenge because these products are being used in all different ways. Dr. Mark says the FDA knows there are problems. But when it comes to stem cells, the market is so big that they have to concentrate on the most dangerous situations first. Right now, we have this problem that we've got like a major issue here and we have to triage somewhat. In other words, the people getting stem cell injections into joints isn't as high on the priority list as other uses that are even more worrisome. Like people injecting cells into their livers, their eyeballs, their brains. I think it's pretty silly because we ultimately have the ultimate regenerative medicine. And that's our bodies actually heal themselves most of the time uh, on their own for a lot of conditions. If, you know, knee things tend to get better over time, spine things, low back pain tends to get better over time. And so I, 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 it's not at all to say that we sanction what they're doing because ultimately I think... The truth ultimately comes out, right? Eventually, I'm pretty sure that we'll know um, that that these things may not be any better than just either doing nothing or taking a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug or something like this. Our folks want to see people get treatments, and uh, it's a shame that we just want to see that they're safe and effective. Dr. Marx's answers were laced with a lot of frustrated sighs. The FDA is just swamped with all the new clinics popping up. Some clinics even disappear and reappear with different names. I think it would be incredibly hard to keep track of because they, mm-hmm. keep, they keep changing products that different mm-hmm. clinics have. Mm-hmm. And it's even hard to keep, trying to keep track of the, of the clinics is nearly impossible anyway because whether it's 500, 1,000, I don't, they, they, they're entities that come and go very quickly. There have been some successes. The chain of clinics where the women were blinded was forced to stop using stem cells from fat. And they're seeking an injunction against another chain based out of California. As of last May, FDA officials say they've sent warnings to 45 manufacturers saying that they appear to be overstepping the law. There's nothing more than we would like to to do than to uh, take more enforcement actions. It is a slow and deliberate process because we actually have to work through the process of law. And while the FDA continues its slow and deliberate process, the number of clinics and manufacturers is only growing. Bad Batch is sponsored by Quip. The makers of the Quip electric toothbrush want you to know one thing, that creating good, consistent habits is the most important thing you can do for your oral health. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly. And Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. Plus, and this is the most important thing as far as I'm concerned, Quip delivers a fresh brush head, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping so you don't miss a step in your routine. I love my Quip toothbrush and what it's done to help me maintain a consistent oral health routine. Join me and over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at just $25. 
And if you go to getquip.com slash badbatch right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash badbatch. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash badbatch. Quip, the good habits company. Changing up your hair color can change your whole day, week, month even. The problem is it might be hard to get to a salon right now, or maybe the expense is holding you back. But I have a few friends who have just colored their own hair at home with amazing results and at a fraction of the cost of going to the salon. How did they do it? Madison Reed. So my friend Kat is one of the people I know who tried it out. They sent a kit right to her door with everything she needed, and she loves the shiny, shimmering color she ended up with. Madison Reed products are made with ingredients like argan oil and keratin, and with no ammonia, parabens, or sodium lauryl sulfate, which means there is no smell whatsoever and you can feel good about the ingredients you're using to color your hair. You can get multidimensional color starting at just $22 at madison-reed.com. Use our promo code BATCH and you'll get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. That's promo code BATCH. Visit madison-reed.com now to find your perfect shade. With all these stem cell clinics entering the market, the competition for customers is fierce. Competition in business can be a good thing, but not necessarily in the stem cell business, where it encourages a lot of misinformation. I definitely have observed these turf wars between the different kinds of clinics and suppliers. Paul Knopfler is a stem cell researcher at the University of California at Davis. He's also become one of the most outspoken watchdogs of the retail stem cell industry. Early on, you know, for any one metro area, there probably was at most one clinic. But now there might be five or 10 clinics or 20 clinics in one metro area. So they're really stepping on each other's toes. Knopfler and another researcher have tried to chart the growth of stem cell clinics. And they've found that in the past five years, the number has exploded. They're located in pretty much every state uh, in every major metropolitan area. Uh, Americans used to have to travel abroad, like to Asia or Latin America, if they wanted to uh, get a risky stem cell treatment for, for some medical condition. But now it's pretty much a local thing. You can just go down to a strip mall or something like that. Knopfler estimates that there could be a thousand clinics operating now in the United States. There might be, you know, tens of thousands of patients a year getting these stem cell injections. And a lot of them are probably convinced that, that it's known to work because that's what they're being told by the folks who are selling it. They're oftentimes, I think, exaggerating the kinds of things their stem cells can do. So, you know, maybe they say fat stem cells can treat multiple sclerosis. And in the same city, there's an amniotic clinic saying that amniotic stem cells can also treat multiple sclerosis. So they've really kind of become direct competitors. And I think in part that's kind of driving their, their hostility towards each other. Do any of the approaches have any more credibility than the other in your mind? Not really. I think just in a general sense, there really isn't good evidence for almost any of the stem cells that are being offered out there at all the different clinics across the U.S. There really isn't good evidence that any of it works, unfortunately. But he also says that not everyone offering stem cells is a scam artist. I would say 
it, it's a range. It's it's not accurate to say across the board it's always a scam. I've I've met some stem cell clinic people, you know, the ones running the clinics. They really believe what they're doing can benefit people. They may not have data behind what they're doing, or it might be you know cruddy data because they don't have any controls or anything. But they they have some belief that they're actually trying to help people. On the other hand, I do think a sizable fraction of the clinics are aware of the fact that they're not going to help people. The FDA is not the only one trying to stop the clinics that aren't helping people. In the past year, the Attorney General of New York, the Federal Trade Commission, and others have sought to crack down on false marketing claims. Google has now banned all stem cell ads. In a statement announcing their decision, the company said, We know that important medical discoveries often start as unproven ideas, and we believe that monitored, regulated clinical trials are the most reliable way to test and prove important medical advances. At the same time, we've seen a rise in bad actors attempting to take advantage of individuals by offering untested, deceptive treatments. Oftentimes, these treatments can lead to dangerous health outcomes, and we feel they have no place on our platforms. Paul Knopfler says that if one good thing came out of the bad batch in Texas, it was that it brought attention to a problem that might otherwise have been missed. I think the case of Livion is kind of interesting as much as it's disturbing that that recent recall where I, I guess it was at least a dozen people ended up in the hospital with various kinds of um, sepsis like systemic infection with different uh, bacteria that apparently were in the stem cell preparation prior to injection somehow. Because if they hadn't ended up in the same hospital on the same day, and if Elaine Dilly hadn't gotten the misdirected text, and if she hadn't found the other patients, there's no telling when the alarm might have been raised and how many contaminated vials might have quietly caused more people to get sick. That kind of revealed to us the scope of how things can really go wrong. But that, that was sort of a unique incident. You know, if there's a case here or there, I'm not sure people can really connect the dots always that it's traceable back to a certain kind of stem cell product or clinic. All of the Texas patients who sued Livion settled with them this summer. If there's another uh, tragedy like this one, then we'll certainly be uh, available to represent, you know, represent people. But uh, I think that the cases against Livion are probably over. Hartley Hampton, the lawyer who represented them, says the exact terms of that settlement are confidential. But Elaine Dilly says she doesn't have that $17,000 bill hanging over her head anymore. Hartley believes that stem cell clinics realize that weak oversight isn't going to last much longer. I have to be optimistic about things, although it's difficult at times. Uh, and I've got to believe that the FDA is coming around and that this time next year there's going to be a... a a lot fewer uh, of these uh, stem cell scam operations going on. Hartley says there's another less obvious price to all this. If you talk about the people that are trying to do it right, um, the concern is that the bad apples are gonna spoil the whole 
batch in the not only in the mind of the public but also in that the, there'll be a legislative overcorrection and and that the legitimate research is going to be heard. I think that's a real danger. While many of these stem cell suppliers like Livion produce their products at low cost, it's much more expensive for the companies and institutions doing long-term research, the kind of research that might lead to an FDA-approved treatment. There's one company in Houston developing a stem cell treatment for rotator cuff injuries. So far, they've been working on it for three years. They've sold no product and expect their studies to cost more than $40 million. It's much cheaper and quicker not to go through the long process of getting FDA approval to just start selling a product. Like Livion did. Krista Curdian, the doctor who works with Hartley, says that the hope people feel about stem cells can have a powerful hold on them. I'm thinking of one acquaintance who has rheumatoid arthritis, and she was aware that we were working on these stem cell cases. And she asked if I would come and talk to their group about the possibility, do stem cells work or do they not? And it's, my, my heart sinks. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news and say that this doesn't work, but my, my message to them is slow down, hold on, wait until we have all of the facts. But honestly, some people can't wait. Um, their, their conditions merit faster responses. So it's, it's, a, it's a hard position to be in. I don't want to dash someone's hope, but I also don't want to deliver false hope. So it's a really hard balance to maintain. That's partly why she's less optimistic about the future of the industry than Hartley is. So I, I don't know that it'll slow down because they've still, they, hope, hope is still selling. The patients in Texas also sued Sammy Tao, the owner of Texas Regional Health and Wellness, where they'd first gone for their stem cells. Sammy Tao has accused Livion of negligence and fraud in court. But despite what happened, he told me this summer that he's still a Livion customer. Levion always take responsibility and support. And this is the very reason why we're still using Levion among all the stem cell um, labs and manufacturers out there. Levion by far has the best technology and also responsibility to take care if anything happens. Sammy offers his patients Levion's new pure line of treatments. The pure line that they have right now, it is um, really uh, it shows great results and patients are once again back into, they are getting great results and um, we like it. More effective, more consistent, cleaner, more pure in every aspect in order to achieve a clinical trial grade product for FDA approval, which all just makes it more safe. The pure feeling of healing is now more within reach than ever before. There was one company that did shut down as a result of the bad stem cells. A couple of months after the recall, GeneTech notified the FDA that they were closing for good. Have you heard from them no, at all? GeneTech folded its tent and disappeared into the night, as far as I can tell. Livion had been their only customer. I reached out to the two heads of GeneTech, David Aguilar and Edwin Pinos, asking if they would like to talk about what happened. Aguilar declined, and Pinos did not respond. Meanwhile, at Livion, 
business seems to be booming. I obtained some of their financial documents. They show that in 2018, even when the company was hit by a recall of their flagship product, sales more than doubled to over $15 million. I'm really proud of John in the fact that when this whole GeneTech thing hit, GeneTech rolled up their rug and went back into the swamp. We're still here. I would say this, Livion as a company and Livion Labs as a manufacturer, under, under my watch and under our scientists' dedication with the intent to help people and move forward this industry, you will never find a safer, more effective product on the market for several reasons. Number one, I already got money. I made money before I got into this business. You know, I paid back almost $5 million to our doctors when the recall happened just to make right with everybody. So it isn't about the money for me, number one. Number two, we are operating under the strictest regulations and we've already proven it through all of the investigations that we've gone through. And because of what happened, we're under such scrutiny and we're under such a microscope that we can't afford to mess up. We can't afford to cut a corner. One more bad adverse reaction, one product that has a little bit of problem, and Livion will be done as a company. I think the FDA wants to make an example out of us. I think that the medical community, want, anybody that's a naysayer in stem cells, wants to use this incident to blow it way out of proportion to try to, um, to pull the industry down for their own benefit, and yet they haven't even looked at anybody else yet because we're the ones that have the, uh, the target on our back. We got the biggest target, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Just spell my name right. Bad Batch is sponsored by Noom. We've all got a running list of things in the back of our minds that we wish we could change or that we wish we had the courage or motivation to do. Get better sleep, run a 5K, make healthier food choices. Noom is here to help with all of those things and more. It's a habit-changing app that helps you learn to develop a new relationship with food and your overall well-being through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and arms you with the tools to break the bad habits and replace them with better ones. Plus, you're plugged into a supportive community of people who help guide and encourage you along the way. They've even got goal specialists, mine is Emily from Cincinnati, who check in with you and help with anything you need to stay on track. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com batch. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash batch. One more time, Noom.com slash batch to start your trial today. If you've ever wondered what it's like to step into someone's life before they were famous, Imagined Life will give you that opportunity. From the creators of Bad Batch, each episode of Imagined Life will take you on an immersive journey through the life of a world-famous person. And only at the end will you find out who you really are. Stay tuned for a preview of Imagined Life. And don't forget to subscribe to Imagined Life on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. Another success story that I heard about this month had to do with Parkinson's disease. 
When I was looking up information on the key players at Livion, this video from Alan Gavick jumped out at me. It was from 2016, just before Livion got off the ground. In it, he told a story about how a woman was almost cured of Parkinson's disease with stem cells. It was a, a sweet little lady that had the typical symptoms of Parkinson's, much to a surprise of all of us, within just a few weeks. She still has the walker, but she doesn't use it. She just carries it in front of her as she heads down the street. It wasn't on Livion's website, but still, it was from the person who represents the company's public face. And this particular video stood out to me because Parkinson's is a wicked disease that I know all too well because of my dad. I've seen videos with Dr. Gavick, for Mm -hmm. example, talking about how it benefits people with Parkinson's. Are those videos not passive marketing? We have clinics that treat specifically spinal cord injury and Parkinson's and all those diseases in Cancun and in Costa Rica and in Philippines. John told me that while Livion doesn't promote its product as a treatment for Parkinson's in the U.S., if patients here do want to use it, they can go abroad. And we have a program that doctors, if they want to treat any of those patients with our product, can send them outside of the U.S. for treatment. Absolutely, stem cells can treat all those things. And the, the medical research that's been done, has it been done on these cord blood cells specifically, or are you talking stem cells in general? Um, well, I'm talking on cord blood stem cells specifically. So if you were to go to clinicaltrials.gov and you type in Parkinson's umbilical cord stem cells, there are studies specifically on Parkinson's done with umbilical cord stem cells. I found two studies on that government website, one in China and one in Jordan. They're simply small safety studies, tests to see what the side effects are of the treatment, not whether they work. And they're still ongoing. And then what about, what about published research where you have results? Um, I don't know that anybody, I mean, people have publications. I don't believe, I, I don't know. There's, um, yeah, there's a lot of them. So I'm trying to reconcile that with Dr. Gavick's video about Parkinson's disease. If you come down to our center in Cancun, you're going to go through, you're going to go to Galena Hospital and you're going to go through an entire evaluation. We'll bring your medical records from the States, you'll do x-rays, you'll do blood work, we'll do testing day one, we'll assess treatment. We actually will make a personalized treatment for you. So to say that one peer 30 will treat Parkinson's, absolutely not. But to do an evaluation on the patient and say, you know, you're a a 110-pound female or you're a 300-pound male, it's not the same product. So we custom dose at um, 1 million cells per kilo of body weight based on specific diseases. So we have an entire protocol. If it's Parkinson's, if it's ALS, if it's whatever it is, we literally will do a full medical evaluation. We will dose according to that disease based on research and based on weight, and then we will treat, and then you'll do follow-up. Are there studies out there saying, you know, if you have Parkinson's and then 
uh, you have, you get X number of stem cells per your body weight, it can help your Parkinson's? The answer is yes, there are studies out there on Parkinson's. There are studies on stem cell treatment for Parkinson's. I've looked them up. It's all early research, and it certainly does not say that you can count on any benefits from having a certain number of cells injected based on body weight. What do you say to predictions that, uh, you know, your company's not going to survive this? I promise you that Livion will survive and we'll be stronger and we'll stay ahead of the curve. He's opening Livion offices all over the world. I will tell you that it might not be in its current form, and it might not be in this country, but, but we're definitely here to stay. There's so many different ways to, to make this company uh, one of the most successful companies in stem cell history, and it's gonna happen one way or another. There's, that's it, you know, that's what I'll say. As for Elaine Dilley, she and her mother have spent the time since the infection and their settlement learning more about stem cells and the industry around them. To pay off the bill, that felt wonderful to get that note paid off. That I mean, that was, you know, a burden lifting. That was great. But when it comes to the settlement part, I just feel like all these people walked away scot-free. I really do. I feel like there were not any consequences for the people that did this. I don't care what they paid. There should have been something done to these people. And I just, to this day, I always will feel that, that there should have been some kind of consequences that they had to had to have happened to them to be accountable. No, they walked scot-free, basically. Her mother, Dorothy, still has some pain from the injections. Well, like that place in her neck and um, where she had them injections at, that bothers her. And she still has vertigo from it. She can be laying in bed and, say, wake up from a night's sleep and then just barely move her head, and it hits her. She can't raise up, she can't walk, she's all dizzy. Um, It makes her very sick. Elaine doesn't want to see what happened to her mother happen to anyone else. A few months ago, Elaine took Dorothy to the doctor. Later that day, Elaine sent me a text about it. Let me get my glasses. Okay, I took my mother to the doctor today. A man there had stem cells done on his knee three months ago. There are about 12 people in waiting room. Well, yay me, I got on my soapbox about stem cells not being FDA approved. And you know what all I said from there. But one problem, so many people are being told that they are FDA approved. There were people at doctor's office that were thinking heavily about getting stem cells. When they left, they were really thinking twice about getting stem cells. I hope I helped at least one person. Elaine's soapbox speech surprised the people in the waiting room. I got perturbed because the main man I wanted to talk to wouldn't listen to me. The others did, yes. It, it made me feel better 
you know, heart-wise, but I'm still upset because I could not get it through that man's head. Elaine told them what happened to her mom. The lady that was sitting next to my mother, uh, she was just appalled at the whole situation because a friend of hers was going to get stem cells, I think in a couple of weeks. And um, I told her, I said, she really needed to check on it, find out from her doctor if it's FDA approved, because if he says it's FDA approved, it's not. If I can just touch one person with this, I feel like I have actually helped and maybe even saved their life. There has to be a stopping point on this or the message has to get out to people I'll never stop on this. In fact, if I knew how to do it by myself to get people to listen, I would talk to people about it, but I don't know what to do. The field of stem cells really does have the potential to one day end suffering and save lives. This is still a story of hope, but sometimes it's hard to tell the boundary between hope and desperation. Why is it the stem cell industry seems, I mean, to be honest, it's one reason why it attracted me to the story, is it, it's, it's an area with such amazing promise, mm-hmm. and yet there are all of these problem areas. I mean, why does this seem to be an industry that is so promising and yet it's so fraught with so many bad actors. I'm going to say that wherever there's opportunity, there's greed. And wherever there's money, there's greed. And when greed gets involved, bad things happen. When I thought that stem cells might help my dad, I wanted the science to hurry up. But science takes time, and that was something that he didn't have. Sometimes we want to be able to take a chance on a risky treatment for us or for the people we love. And the government can be criticized for being too slow. But it's also their job to keep unapproved products off the market and keep patients safe. We're often left in the middle, wanting cures and turning to people who promise a shot at hope. But hope is exactly what some people are banking on. Made all my promises, done all the deeds, taken everything, chased all my dreams. I'm not a god, just a god, making my way through this world on just my mind. Where's my mind? From Wondery, this is episode six of Bad Batch, a story of patients looking for a cure and finding a nightmare. 
On the next episode, I'll be speaking with Stephen Johnson, the host of American Innovations, answering listener questions and talking about the science of stem cells. If you'd like to help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and every major listing app, as well as Wondery.com. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find the episode notes, including some details you may have missed. You'll also find some offers from our sponsors. When you support our sponsors, you help us bring you our shows for free. And thank you. If you have a story for us to look into, email us at tips at wondery.com. And thank you. Bad Batch was written and reported by me, Laura Beal. Producer is Pallavi Kutamasu. Production assistance by Morgan Jaffe. Story consultant is Casey Miner. Associate producer is Asil Kibbe. Coordinating producer is Lata Pandya. Special thanks to Stephanie Fu, Davis Land, Chris Siegel, and Lindsey Graham. Sound design by Jeff Schmidt. Fact checking by Jacqueline Coletti. Executive produced by George Lavender, Marshall Louie, and Hernan Lopez for Wondery. Have you ever wondered what it would feel like to be famous before you were famous? Imagine. You're 14 years old and you run away from home. You're a teenager in South Africa. Brilliant. Lost in your own world. You get pregnant, but the baby doesn't survive. Bullied so badly, you end up in the hospital. You go on and become the first female anchor in Nashville, Tennessee. You will go on to stir controversy and build a media empire. And build electric cars and space rockets. You are. You are. It has to be big, because the world is big. Use this moment. From Wondery, I'm Virginia Madsen. And I'm Robbie Damon. And this is Imagined Life. On each episode of Imagined Life, one of us will take you on an immersive journey into the life of someone you may think you know, even admire, or maybe the opposite. You will experience the challenges, the heartbreaks, the losses, and the triumphs. There will be clues to your identity along the way. And only in the final moments will you find out who you are. So sit back, let go, and imagine. Imagine. Your life. Premiering November 4th on Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you're listening right now.